With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. We've covered a lot of ground already, but just more great training camp information ahead as we welcome you back into Hour 2 of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi out at his office in Jersey. I'm your host, Stormy Bonantoni, live at our VEASAN studio in Circa Resort and Casino. In about 15 minutes, we will talk to 49ers reporter and insider Matt Mayoko. Get the breakdown not only on how our guy Brock Purdy looks, but the battle for QB2. Oh, I can't wait. I Trey know. Lance has got to be looking great. I know he's looking great. <laughs> I, I know it. I know he's looking great. I know he is. He's probably tremendous. I, I can't am, wait. That is the one, like, who cares about who's going to be second-string quarterback across the league? That is one battle that has been, like, the most interesting, I feel, oh, um, I when it, it comes to quarterback competitions this year. Well, you year. care if you have an MVP ticket for Trey Lance. You care. Sure you do. Because you could win MVP being the backup. Why not? I'm still so upset that his odds were shorter <laughs> than Brock Purdy's. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It tells, you the lo- it tells you there's no logic. I mean, how many times do you go to Twitter and see Trey Lance is trending? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's really remarkable. It really is. It, between he and Justin Fields, those two players trend more on, than anything I've ever seen. And, and, you know, Justin Fields at least is the starter. You know, but it won four games last year. You know, the team's not very good. But for some reason, they – I mean, Justin Fields, according to an NFL.com evaluation, was ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence in the poll as a player. Unbelievable. For somebody who doesn't like Justin Fields, though, we sure do talk about him a lot. (laughs) Well, but, I mean, he's an example of what we're talking about. Trey Lance, MVP, you actually have a ticket for that? I mean, seriously, you're recommending that? Unbelievable. So, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that situation. We'll also talk with Greg Alman uh, about the NFC South and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So great guests ahead this hour. Um, plus blue chip, blue chip, red chip. We're looking at off ball linebackers today at the end of the show. But first, Michael, let's yeah. hit that open because it's time for no way it's or good. no doubt. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubts. No doubts. No doubt my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi. No way or no doubt. 
All right, Michael, no way or no doubt the big story of the day has been about Mr. Jonathan Taylor, who has requested a trade out of Indianapolis. Jim Mersey says, uh-uh, no way. But what do you say? Jonathan Taylor, no way or no doubt, will receive no a way. contract extension for the Colts or his next team before the regular season. No way. I mean, when the owner makes the statements that the owner's made, A, I'm not trading you. B, we're not paying you what you think you're worth. I mean, if Jonathan Taylor comes in and says, hey, I want to do a deal for 11 5 a year for four years, I'm sure there's no doubt that the Colts would agree to that. But there's no way he's doing that. And so there's no way this is going to happen. He wants a deal at 16 per year, which is what McCaffrey got. That McCaffrey deal is the deal that's haunting people. It's killing it. Because if you took that deal out of the market, and remember, and remember, it, I'm, I'm surprised no one's gone to Nebraska and talked to Matt Rule about that deal. Because there was a lot of conversation back. McCaffrey's a great talent. Nobody doubts that. But paying him 16 a year was a little bit more than they wanted to do. But they reconciled around it because he was so good as a receiver. So he could play in the slot. So you're paying a slot receiver kind of the same thing. And I, and I think that we've lost – we've just labeled him a running back. McCaffrey's a receiver too. But there's no de- there's no way they're paying Taylor. Not this year. And the Christian McCaffrey deal looks good now based on what we've seen with him in San Francisco. But how much was he dealing with injury? Was he not himself after he initially yeah. signed that contract? So just some food for thought. Keeping it rolling here on No Way or No Doubt – Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow had a calf strain that's going to keep him out, quote, several weeks. And several just means several, according to Zach Taylor. But (laughs) no way or no doubt, Michael, Joe Burrow should stay away from the practice field until that long-term contract extension is complete. Uh, No doubt he should. I mean, look, he's going to need to stay away from the practice field, not because of the contract. He's going to get the contract. I mean, that's a fait accompli. He's going to get the deal. Mike Brown acknowledged that he's got to feed the hungry here, and he's got a lot of good players. So he's going to get the contract, but no doubt he should stay away and just rehab. It's interesting. You know, the Thursday before we got ready to play Miami in 2014 in the opener, Brady hurt his calf, and I don't know how he played in the game. We lost the game, but he played, but he was able to go and play. These calf things on older players are very difficult. Uh, younger players, I would assume they come back, but a torn calf is nothing to sneeze about. It takes time. And when you use your lower body to drive the football and to throw, you know, you need a, a healthy calf muscle. It's it's kind of, it doesn't seem a lot, but as you get older, it, it's harder. I think there's no way he misses the opener, but there's no doubt he should stay off the field. Yeah, there are a lot of varying outcomes for that type of an injury, and you just need to do whatever you can to be 100%. Like, that's one of those injuries where you don't want to come back at 80, 90, 95. Like, you want to feel yourself and feel fully good. But, again, with everybody holding their breath when they first saw the injury, the good news was that it was not an Achilles. It wasn't another knee thing. This poor guy... The just training camp and off seasons just are not for Joe Burrow, apparently, when no. it comes to the different things that he's had to deal with. Okay. You know, yesterday, before we jump ahead, so yesterday the line was some were two and a half. There were some down to one. Mm-hmm. And it was all predicated, will Burrow play or won't he play, right? Now it's back pretty much two and a half across the board. There's some there's a one and a half out there in some shops, but the line moved, but eventually it settled back to its original number, which tells me 
that the book feels pretty comfortable he's going to play. Yeah, and I think so too. But good to note, of course, that the Bengals have been slow starters under Zach Taylor. And when we have seen Joe Burrow unable to practice as much as he would like in the preseason, that opening game isn't exactly top-tier Joe Burrow that we see later on in the year. Josh Jacobs, Michael, should Mm -hmm. follow Saquon Barkley's lead and try to negotiate a one-year deal with the Raiders, no way or no doubt. No doubt, he should. He should follow suit. I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, you're going to have to play for the tender. Why not see if you can collect it? Look, the Raiders would happily, you know, they would happily do that deal because everything that Saquon put in the deal is tied to making the playoffs. So if he earns it, they have to make the playoffs. If he gets the 65 uh, receptions, he's got to make the playoffs. If he gets the 12 touchdowns, he's got to make the playoffs. If he gets the uh, 1,350 yards, he's got to make the playoffs. So why wouldn't they do this deal? Well, that, know, well it, I'd it, say it, no it doubt no, no doubt that the Raiders would want to, but I don't know if Josh Jacobs necessarily would want well, to. I have a conversation. Like, you know, talk to the Raiders and say, look, I'll come to camp. Here's what I would do it for, you know, and go back and forth. I, I, I think you're going to play for the one-year tender. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest here. The card of not playing isn't a very good leverage card. So why not engage? Why not create a win-win negotiation? Like, I'll come back in, but here's what I'm looking for. Okay, they're going to come back to you. Here's what we're looking for. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. And, and if we the, could make a better deal. And if the Raiders try to present to Josh Jacobs, for example, exactly what the Saquon deal is, okay, this is what you're presenting. Now let's see if I can add in this concession or this or just get something exactly. to change it up a little bit. I like that thought process because Saquon, all he really got is $2 million now instead of in a couple of months. And so if That's Josh all. Jacobs could get another step in that, there would be some positives. The uh, Speaking of running backs, let's just keep that train rolling because I know it's your favorite topic. The New York Jets are the best fit for Dalvin Cook of the potential suitors. We know the Patriots, the Dolphins, other teams that he has been talking to did have a formal offer, I believe, from the Dolphins earlier this offseason, right? So no way or no doubt, Michael. What do you think with Dalvin? Uh, no doubt the Jets are the right fit because Aaron Rodgers wants them. I mean, this is predicated on Rodgers giving back room. And Rodgers wants his Aaron Jones on this team. And that doesn't mean Brees Hall couldn't be. It's just that Brees Hall might not be healthy. Miami's 31st in the National Football League in rushing attempts last year. So Cook's really not going to get the ball there. I don't believe that New England has even made an offer to Cook. I don't believe they've even made an offer to Cook because I think New England knows this market's going to be way higher than they want to spend. So that's out. And, you know, a a team like Washington – I said this yesterday, Stormy, while you were hopping over that trampoline and slam dunking, you know, Femi and I were talking about we, we were talking about Washington, and I wonder why wouldn't they be interested? And in, even though they know they don't have great backs, so uh, you know, I think Washington would be a great fit for Cook, but they're not interested. I don't know why they're not, but they're not. So you know, there's some teams that are definitely he would be a good fit, but again, we as fans have to attach price tag to each player. Yeah, you and Femi yesterday were working hard. Meanwhile, I was hardly working, but I'm back hard at no, work today here, Michael. I love that you were working. I love that you were doing, you know, and he did it in jeans, too. That's really impressive, too, you know? Thanks, and that was guy. pretty impressive. Appreciate yeah. you. Uh, Dalvin Cook, odds off the board right now in terms of his props, but the Jets, nine and a half win total. We'll see if he could help them get over the hump should he land there. Last one, keeping it in the division. Mac Jones will have a bounce back season and the Patriots will go over that win total of seven and a half. No way or no doubt, Michael. 
I, I say no doubt. The Patriots are good on defense. They really are. Uh, and they've added some really good pieces to their defense. Christian Gonzalez really will help them, uh, you know, up front. They can rush from the edge. Josh Uche is, is really developing into a good rusher. Uh, I think to me, you know, with with uh, with with what they have currently on their team, I, I think they could be really good defense. They've improved the speed of their defense. You know, Matthew Judon can still rush. Barmore's healthy this year. So, and with Jack Jones, with Jonathan Jones and Jack Jones, who if he can with his legal issues, I mean, he's as good a corner as there is. They can cover. So I think they will be. Now here's the interesting thing about New England, and I know we got to go. Mac Jones, for all the talk about Patricia and the bad offense, he averaged 2.5 interception percentage as a rookie, and he did the same thing. He can't turn the ball over. Mac Jones has to play within himself for this Patriot team to be very good offensively. Yeah, to your point, he's got a defense that can support him. Now can he turn it up a notch here in his third season? We've got to take a step aside, but when we return, all things 49ers with Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. You can download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Turn in the page to the San Francisco 49ers as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bond and Tony with you. And we welcome to the show now somebody who knows the organization better than just about anybody in year 29 covering the San Francisco 49ers. Matt Mayoko, 49ers reporter and insider, NBC Sports Bay Area, host of the 49ers Talk podcast as well. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. Oh, my pleasure, Stormy. Michael, always good to talk to you. Hope all is well. Yes, and uh, it's good to have you, Matt. Thank you. Let's get started. I mean, because we're going to talk a lot about what's going on at camp, but let's get started with somebody who's not out there on the practice field in Santa Clara, reigning defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, in his contract holdout negotiation period. What's the latest on that situation, to your knowledge? Uh, Everything, you know, the the 49ers and his representation have decided, you know, they're not going to be talking and and I think they're holding true because you don't hear anything coming out of either side about where things stand. But uh, this is what day five, I guess, of the contract holdout. He, he is under contract with that fifth year option. And this situation is different than maybe some others around the league because he's still on his rookie deal. Uh, they can fine him, but they can also waive the fine. So that's certainly the way it's heading, but you know, when you look at it, what, what's the sticking point? Well, I would think that Nick Bosa's representation would want him to be the highest paid non-quarterback in the league, and the 49ers are probably looking at it and going, I don't know that we can go above what Aaron Donald is making, uh, you know, a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl champ and all that. So right now, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of concern, especially from the standpoint of he needs to get into camp. He needs to get in shape because one thing the 49ers have found out uh, through the years of having Nick Bosa is when he's doing his own thing, working out in Florida with his his regimen and his diet and, and all that stuff, when he shows up, he's ready to go. So he has not played in a preseason game in his career. It, it doesn't seem to make any difference to him uh, and to, to the team. But right now, I guess that's just a long way of saying that there's no news and I'm not sure if there, if no news is good news. I, I don't think it is because I think probably the first time we'll hear some real news is when they get really close and that agreement is coming or already agreed to. Yeah, I agree, Matt. I think this is going to be one that's done because I think it's not a hard contract to do. I think you laid it out perfectly. Are we going to pay more than Aaron Donald or are we going to try to get him incentives over Aaron Donald? And what's the spread? Mm-hmm. I mean, Micah Parsons is sitting in a perfect spot because he's going to ride the – Nick Bosa wave to his contract. And so, you know, that's how these things work. They're just going to ride that wave. But let's focus more. Let's focus. I, I assume they're going to get it done, right? We know that. Yeah. What have you noticed with the change of when Sala left and D'Amico came in, they modified the defense subtly. They played less Seattle three than they had in the past. They tried to play a little bit more two uh, split safeties. They did some different things. Uh, basically more on Kyle Shanahan's recommendation. Have you seen another shift with Steve Wilkes as the defensive coordinator? 
It's really interesting because Steve Wilkes comes in not with his own staff. He comes in inheriting the staff around him. So it's taken him a while. Like a lot of times when a defensive coordinator comes in, everybody learns his defense. This has been the opposite. Steve Wilkes has come in and he's learned the 49ers defense and what's worked for the 49ers in the past. So I think you're going to see them be as multiple as they were last year under D'Amico Ryan's. But the one thing that has kind of stood out that even players are talking about and, and Steve Wilkes while going through last season and kind of analyzing, he believes that the defense can be more aggressive, that he can dial up more blitzes. You know, they're not just going to become, you know, uh, blitz happy and leave themselves vulnerable on the back end and, and that, but he does think that there is, there are oppor- opportunities uh, to get after it a little bit more, you know, send, send Fred Warner on blitzes or Dre Greenlaw or, uh, Isaiah Oliver on a on a, a nickel blitz or guys off the corner they they can do more things and and be selective and it'll be game plan related but I would suspect uh, that just from the aggressiveness standpoint th- this will be a more aggressive defense than it's been in the past when they've basically just played you know like you mentioned under Robert Sala it was they line up this is what we do try to beat us. Last year was a little bit more, uh, you know, we do what we do. We don't play a whole lot of defenses, but we play more than in the past. And, you know, there's just very little smoke and mirrors. It's just line up and go play football, be assignment sound. This year, I think they're going to roll the dice a little bit more. Talking all things San Francisco with 49ers insider of NBC Sports Bay Area, Matt Mayoko, live on the Lombardi line. And let's turn our attention now from defense to offense because – I think it surprised a lot of people, myself included, when Brock Purdy was cleared without restrictions to open up at the start of training camp. How has he looked so far? And I mean, now the battle is on for who's going to be QB2, right? Yeah, I'd say definitely. You know, with with Brock Purdy, he showed enough in those eight games to earn that spot. And that's what, you know, the, the locker room was saying at the end of last season. Uh, that was what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were saying. So it was just a matter of when he's healthy, it's his job. And he got cleared. It, was, it didn't surprise me at all that he got cleared to practice at the beginning of training camp. But what did surprise me was that there was just zero restriction. Now, he is on a bit of a pitch count. They're going to have him practice two days in a row, day off, two days in a row, day off. So that'll be for the first couple of weeks. But I think what surprised me was that every throw is on the table. And I mean, the very first practice I saw him unleash, you know, two 45 yard throws down the field uh, on a line. And he looks like the same guy. He looks like there have, there's just nothing issue wise with him. Uh, What he has said through the first couple of practices is that, you know, the, the chemistry, the timing, that's not there. That'll come. He hasn't been throwing these guys all off season. So, uh, what, what, what's also kind of funny is, you know, you think about uh, the, the major uh, setback of having that injury and not going through the offseason program. But I would say through two full practices, and he'll be practicing uh, here in a couple hours again, probably by the end of the day today, he will have received more first-team practice reps or just, let's just say, 11-on-11 11 11 practice reps than he got all of – training camp as a rookie because he rarely got on the practice field last year. It was, it was Trey Lance and it was Nate Sudfeld. 
And Brock Purdy kind of got scraps until late in training camp. And they were like, oh, you know what? This guy's pretty good. Like he's making the most of his practice reps. And then ultimately Brock Purdy beat out Nate Sudfeld for what was then the number three job because Jimmy Garoppolo, they couldn't trade him. And so he came back to the team. But uh, I would say right now, it's pretty clear. All systems are go with Brock Purdy. You know, Matt, every time I go to my Twitter account, my timeline always has Trey Lance on it. I've never seen a player who's not played that gets more conversation yeah. on Twitter, right? Who will be the backup yeah. quarterback in your mind? I would say if you were to ask me that question, which obviously you just did, my I'd say right now it's going to be Sam Darnold. Um, yep. There just seems to be this sense that – Kyle Shanahan really thinks that Sam Darnold's physical attributes um, lend well to what he does offensively. Um, And I think so much of what Kyle kind of envisions his offense as being is if you're accurate, if you're on time, this offense is tailor-made for you. Um, And with, with Trey Lance, there's just still this element of completely unproven. Now you could say 55 starts in the NFL for Sam Darnold, you know, is that a mixed bag of experience, probably more down than up. Is that better than a guy who's only started four games and really only played three games in the NFL? I just think that there are fewer unknowns about Brock Purdy having started eight games and with Sam Darnold having started 55 games in this this roster right now is in a spot where you know they don't have time to like be kind of spinning their wheels or treading water and trying to figure out what their quarterback is all about because there are still so many unknowns about Trey Lance. So and I this you might find this hard to believe, but I really honestly believe that right now the 49ers feel better about Trey Lance and where he is than at any point since he's been with the team. I know Trey feels more comfortable and better about himself than at any point since he's been with the team. But there are just so many unknowns, and you just don't know because this guy completely lacks uh, a lot of practical experience. Matt, thank you so much for your insight. Have a great day. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Great job. Appreciate you. you. Yeah, awesome, awesome stuff there. Um, You know why there's – we'll talk about why there's no – this is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You'll get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the vsin.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Plus, you can check out the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can join us for just 19 bucks at vsan.com slash subscribe right now. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line. Welcome to the show now, Greg Allman, who closely covers the NFC South for Fox Sports, but also been a go-to guy for all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers specifically for a long time. He's out there at Bucks camp. How's it going, Greg? Hey, it's going well. Thank you guys for having me on. Good. Really appreciate you joining us today. And let's start there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, making this first step without Tom Brady under center, trying to figure out what's going on with Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. There was a lot to do about some 
clips, you know, this offseason at practices and some of their throws maybe going a little bit haywire. What have you seen early here in training camp? Because I'm sure that was a lot to do about nothing. And now here's where things really get started. Yeah, definitely a lot of people wondering who it'll be. Uh, Baker Mayfield you know, has a big edge in terms of experience, uh, leadership, certainly the more proven commodity. Um, but Kyle Trask has been here two years, um, learned under Tom Brady, didn't really get a lot of meaningful reps in his first two years here. Uh, but it'll be a good competition. It's one of those where, you know, you're they're swapping in and out constantly. Um, Baker had a nice long throw to uh, Chris Godwin today. Um, also had a pick late. Uh, the rookie, Servasia Dennis, got him in goal line. Uh, Trask had a nice touchdown right at the end of the period today. Uh, to Mike Evans. So both making plays. Obviously, right now, they're just getting into shells, haven't gone full pads, so you can't read too much into anything. Um, but it'll be something we're talking about at least for the next month here. I've never seen a team, Greg, that put 32s on the board in one area of offensive football, and that being the Tampa Bay Bucks. 32 in attempts, 32 in yards rushing, 32 in touchdowns scored, and 32 in average per attempt. So to say their running game was bad would be an understatement. What have they done in your mind when you watch practice to improve that element? Because with either Trask or Mayfield, they're going to have to rely on something other than their arm to move the football. Yeah, probably haven't done as much as you'd expect. Um, Leonard Fournette is gone. Um, didn't necessarily replace him with anything substantial. You know, they'll, they'll lean on Rashad White, their second year back a lot. He'll be the primary back here. Um, I think the new offense will probably help things, you know, to have Dave Canales in here from Seattle, definitely more of a commitment to a balanced offense, to running the ball. Um, the offensive line will be different. If Ryan Jensen is back healthy at center, that's a big help for the run game. Um, not a lot of depth right now. I mean, uh, you know, this rookie Sean Tucker from Syracuse, undrafted guy could wind up being the number two back here. So um, probably would have expected them to do a little bit more, but I think they, they're trusting in Rashad White and, and an improved offensive line to, to at least get him out of the bottom spot in the ranking. I am a fan of Rashad White. Rushed for about a 500 yards as a backup, but gets a lot of credit for his hands out the backfield, led all running back rookies in receptions and yards a season ago. So hopefully he can take a step forward in his maturation. But when it comes to the Bucks as a whole this season, uh, they do have, I mean, a lot of pieces from years past. Granted, a lot of them are aging at this point. But when you look at the outlook for this team in the NFC South and a division that has had a lot of parity the last couple of years, do you think that they can compete and people are doubting them a little bit too much? Or how do you view the squad? No, I think they definitely can compete. I mean, this was such a tight division last year. I mean, you had one win separating first and last. Everybody kind of has a question mark. There's not a an obvious winner in this division. You know, it's, uh, I would say the Saints probably have the best known commodity at quarterback in Derek Carr, uh, but their defense is getting old. You know, Carolina, Atlanta, more, much more well-rounded teams, but you know, you don't know how quickly a rookie quarterback will come in and take over and, and play at a high level. And Bryce Young, uh, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta only has four career starts, so he's much in the same boat. So Tampa Bay is a little bit in between in that you know Baker Mayfield, if he's the guy. Um, isn't quite the, the known commodity that Derek Carr is, but you have a guy that, that's been an NFL starter for five years. Um, they have to get healthier. Obviously, last year a big part of what went wrong was losing Ryan Jensen, losing Shaq Barrett, guys like that. Uh, but I do think you know most of the you know you think about the the key pieces to on both sides of the ball from that Super Bowl team you know three seasons ago. A lot of them are still around. You, you certainly don't have Brady and Gronkowski. Um, they've gotten a lot younger. But I think if, if things go right, they should be in the thick of things here in Tampa. 
you know, their cap situation, you know, has been a real dis- – and there's only four players that they can basically get more cap room from, Shaq Barrett being right. one and Mike Evans being another. And Mike Evans, for all the conversations about who's holding out, Zach Martin's underpaid, this guy. I mean, Mike Evans is essentially one of the – not even in the top 20 receivers in terms of pay. Do you think they'll do something with this contract? And they could. They kind of have to find a common ground. You know, I think Mike Evans, you know, to his credit, recognizes who he is and, and knows what the receiver market's going to be like. I mean, right now, he's, you know, he's making $16 million a year on his last deal. Uh, they signed Chris Godwin to a deal getting $20 million a year. So you know it's going to be north of that. Um, I don't know if it's as high as $25 million a year or if it's closer to where Godwin's at at 20 a year. Uh, both sides want to be here. I mean, Mike Evans, you know, is probably the most beloved player on this team. Um, ridiculously consistent to have a thousand yards nine years in a row. He's got 81 touchdowns. So, I mean, if he can stay his whole career here, you know, a couple more years like he's had, he'll have a really good Hall of Fame resume. It's just a matter of them figuring out there's not many teams in the NFL that can pay two receivers $20 million a year plus. So, it's just finding a way to give him a deal that makes him feel like he's respected, uh, but kind of keep them in position to keep a, a competitive team around two big receivers like that. Talking NFC South with Greg Amon of Fox Sports. I, I know a lot of people have been high on the Atlanta Falcons in the division this year, um, especially with the weapons that they have offensively surrounding their young quarterback in Desmond Ritter. Are you a believer that he can get that offense clicking at the tune the talent around him certainly expects to? Yeah, it's probably the biggest single pivot in whether they're a, a good team or not. You know, he's got great talent around him. Three straight top 10 draft picks in skill positions on offense. Bijan Robinson this year, Drake London, the receiver last year. Kyle Pitts, you know, again, a top five pick who has only three touchdowns in two years. So you get Pitts healthy. Um, they've worked hard to keep that offensive line intact and paid to keep Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry there. Um, added probably at least five new starters on defense, a new coordinator there. So it's kind of a make-or-break year there for Arthur Smith. I mean, if they if they're seven and ten or worse again, that, that's a disappointment. They, they've gone, you know, quite a while by their standards without making the playoffs. So there'll be a push, at least, to be in the thick, you know, right there in contention. Um, again, they, they finished a game back last year, had a lot of games that you know kind of dug a hole early and couldn't quite get back out of. So it, it's right there for them. Uh, it's not all on Des Ritter, obviously, but um, you know they'll have one of the best running games in the NFL between Robinson, um, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson. Um, it's just a matter where they have the, the passing component to, to match that and, and a defense that can play four quarters. You know, no Tom Brady, but also no Brian Leftwich. They made the move to bring Dave Canales yeah. in. What have you seen from their offensive change now that he's Canales is running the offense completely? Is it more Sean McVay, Seattle version of, of his offense, or is it something completely different? No, I think it looked a lot like what they had in Seattle. Um, you know, what was in Los Angeles as well. Definitely a Rams, Seahawks influence. Um, you know, I think more motion, more misdirection before the snap. Um, there wasn't a lot of that with Leftwich. And I think it's one thing when you're first or second in the NFL and you're averaging 30, 30 points a game. But last year, I mean, they averaged 18 points a game. That's a, a huge drop off in scoring. Um, you know, some of that is injuries on the offensive line. We talked about the run game issues. But, but Brady got to a point where he was getting rid of the ball really fast. And I think that took away a lot of their downfield passing, which was really a big part of why they were successful a few years ago. They still have Mike Evans. They still have Chris Godwin. Uh, it's just a matter of getting things to click a little better. Uh, I think you'll see a, a less predictable offense with Dave Canales running things this year. 
Greg, last 60 seconds here. I am a big fan in the NFC South of the Carolina Panthers this year and Bryce Young as a potential rookie of the year in the NFL. What's your mm-hmm. outlook for Carolina? I think it's very strong. I mean, I think he's in the best position of the rookie quarterbacks just because he doesn't have a first-time head coach. Uh, Frank Reich has done this before. Great coaching staff built around getting a young quarterback developed uh, from the quarterback's coach in Josh McCown to coordinator in Thomas Brown. Um, you know, personnel-wise, to bring in guys like Adam Thielen, um, DJ Shark, Miles Sanders. There's a, a lot of good new talent on offense. Um, offensive line is basically there. Uh, defense, again, new coach there. Uh, there's a lot to be excited about. I mean, the, the thing is, you don't know how quickly a rookie quarterback will take hold. No quarterback drafted number one overall in NFL history has won a division title his rookie year. But I think that's very much in play for Bryce Young. That is music awesome to work. my ears, Greg. Thank you so much for the time. Thank oh, you, you Greg. Take care. Have a good one. Oh, I hope he doesn't sweat too much at Bucks camp because you know it's going to be hot. Hot, oh hot, hot yeah. out there. Uh, make sure you follow him as well, at Greg Amon on Twitter. That's A-U-M-A-N, doing a great job covering the NFC South for Fox Sports. We're going to step aside. When we return here to round things out on the Lombardi line, going to unpack some of the comments we received from each of our guests and their quarterback situations. George Bremer, who helped us out on the Colts, Matt Mayoko of the 49ers, and, of course, Greg, rounding out that conversation. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi line on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Plus, if you're planning a trip, you can also convert BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points. And you can use those towards dining, shows, hotel rooms, and over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip or nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification, eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is not a drop of bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are wrapping things up here on the Lombardi line. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you on a Sunday edition of the program. And Michael, quarterback play and quarterback competition Mm -hmm. has been a big theme of the show today. So it is only natural as we get to our pro tip of the day that it surrounds um, on that subject as well. Yeah, I think the pro tip here, you know, we just had Greg Almond on, and he talked about the quarterbacks in the South. You can learn a lot about quarterbacks in preseason. If Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trash struggle in the preseason, they're veteran quarterbacks. If they struggle in the preseason, they're just not good enough. Now, understand the offensive line may break down here or there, but if they're not in rhythm or throwing the ball and look good, it's a real problem because the coverages, the systems in place are so simplistic that it's not really hard for them to move the ball. They come to the line of scrimmage, they'll know what to do, they'll throw the ball, they get rid of it. So it's really easy. If you don't play well in the preseason as a veteran, it's a problem. If you don't play well in the preseason as a rookie, it's a problem. You can evaluate the quarterback. You can evaluate Anthony Richardson if he's late with throws. I mean, remember last year, Mike Vrabel benched Malik Willis in the middle of a drive. I've never seen it before in my career. And so you can uh, – because he was he didn't allow the other players on the team to, to show what they could do. He was so far behind, he wasn't ready to play. So preseason is valuable for watching quarterbacks. Yeah, I think that's a great tip for betters because we, we always ask ourselves, okay, what can you actually take away from preseason games as you get set for that first week one regular season game? And you can actually learn a lot about quarterbacks specifically in those preseason games. Maybe not so much the team as a whole – but that position, if a quarterback struggles in exhibition games, likely to struggle in the regular season. Vision Pro Tips, VSIN. Wow, that is the name of our network. Uh, pro Tips available at vsin.com, searchable by sport and by show. But let's continue on that mm-hmm. thought process here. Um, and, and let's start because you just mentioned off the top Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield, our conversation with Greg Allman. Do you get a, a sense early of who you think can earn that job? Obviously, Baker Mayfield has the experience, 69 starts under his belt, but a young gun in Kyle Trask that's trying to prove himself and earn an, op- an, uh, earn an opportunity. I think if you're Todd Bowles, you, you're going to play the guy that doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're playing the, in, the experienced guy over the inexperienced guy. I think whoever wins the job in Tampa, it's going to come down to decision-making ball location, and the ability to not hurt the team. Because either neither guy is going to give them electric play. Remember, every quarterback has to be managed. And as we've talked about, the Steelers with, with, with Pickett in the second half of the season, they only turned the ball over five times when they went on that winning streak. 
because Kenny Pickett did a great job of protecting the football. He had three turnovers in one game, but the other six, he only had two. So protecting, avoiding losing is going to be the mainstay of what wins in Tampa. My concern about Tampa is, and I think Greg alluded to this, is they've done nothing to improve their run mm-hmm. game. Nothing. And I, 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 I'm thinking, and if they don't think that they, if they run the ball to the level of poor that they ran it last year, 32 in all categories, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. No question. Uh, Baker Mayfield, again, 69 starts in his NFL career, but he's on his fourth team since 2021. Kyle Trask, no starts, saw limited action. His first appearance week 17 of last year went just three for nine. So a lot to figure out when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback situation. Not so much to figure out for QB1 in San Francisco. Great news, of course, that Brock Purdy, unrestricted, coming off of that UCL injury, uh, had to have elbow surgery this offseason. He has been off and running. Matt Mayoko telling us earlier he looks like the same guy skill-wise, just having to work on maybe a little chemistry and timing with his receivers since he didn't get that offseason program to work with those guys. Meanwhile, the battle for QB2 rolls on. He thinks Sam Darnold has the edge to earn that opportunity over Trey Lance, which I think is is really interesting in telling Michael that, I mean, this is a player who obviously they invested so much in, in Trey Lance to go up and make that selection at number three overall. It hasn't panned out, but they're not cementing their fate to Trey Lance like a lot of people thought might have had to happen. Yeah, and that's why they feel good about him, right? You always feel good about a backup player that doesn't play. You know, he's really a good – he has a good practice. He's really good, right? You know, we got we got depth. We have depth, right? We have a lot of depth on this team. Man, that backups are really good. But then when you have to play them, then all of a sudden you don't have the same confidence because then you see the warts. So the more Trey Lance they don't have to count on him playing, the more comfortable they're going to feel about him. So what what Matt said made perfect sense to me. I've lived this before. You, we tend to over-evaluate the backups because we don't see them play. It happens to all of us in the profession. You know, this guy's going to be a really good player one day. Well, when we play him, he's not a good player. Well, we missed that one. You know, it's that what you don't see makes you comfortable. And I think that that's really the problem here. And I fully expect Sam Darnold to be the starter. My thing is what he said about Purdy I thought was fascinating because, you know, Purdy – Purdy only attempted 170 passes last year in the regular season, you know, and and Garoppolo was playing as good as he played. I mean, people forget Garoppolo had 16 touchdown passes, right. only four interceptions. I mean, Garoppolo is one of those players that he, no matter what goes wrong, he, he always gets blamed for it, you know, even though he plays really well. But, and, his, and Garoppolo was playing well. Michael, but I'm I telling you, gonna, all, all that Garoppolo had to do was hit Emmanuel Sanders that one time, and he'd be talked about completely differently. I stand yeah. by that, but go on well, about I think Purdy. If they would have blocked, I think if they would have blocked Chris Jones in the A-gap, he would have been able to, but that's a beside the point. That, that, but I think Purdy's going to really improve. I think Purdy's going to really improve, and I think this offense is going to improve because they're going to play together. Now, the offensive line's in question, and Kyle does a really good job of manipulating it without McGlinchey in there at right tackle. Who plays right tackle? But I, I think they'll do a good job of manipulating this, and Purdy will give them everything they want, and I, don't, I fully expect Darnold to play well within the scheme. What does that mean for Trey Lance's future? 
Well, I think it just means that they're going to continue to go down this road, and they're going to try to what they're going to try to do with him this summer is put him in game situations to where he looks successful. They want him to have success, and so I don't. Purdy's not going to play, right? So they'll play Darnold in week one. They'll probably start Lance in week two. They'll pretend they're having a quarterback battle, and they'll let it go. Now, will they play all these other guys? No. So it's going to require Lance to play well in the summer. And if Lance plays well this summer, they'll try to sell that he's turned the corner. And you'll start – my Twitter feed will start getting immersed with more Trey Lance stuff. And then they'll try to sell it, see if they can get somebody. Because let's face it now, you know, they're going they – they have two rookie quarterbacks on rookie deals. And so Bosa's getting paid his money because they don't have to pay a quarterback. And so every nickel in San Francisco is going to matter. Every nickel. Because Bosa's going to get most of the nickels. Yep. No, uh, I, the optimism was already really, really high for the San Francisco 49ers before they even had ironed out their quarterback situation. Now knowing that Brock Purdy is there, they're going to get this deal done with Nick Bosa. It feels like it could be an up, up, in a way, positive season for my San Francisco 49ers, although I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Um, it's been a great show here today, Michael. I am so tired because I was covering Slam Ball last I was of jumping, yes. I was covering Slam Ball late last night. We do this show early in the morning, and now I'm turning around, and we have another Slam Ball three games that start at 3 o'clock Pacific time this afternoon. Do I get? Do I take a nap? That's what I need to know. Do I take a nap, or do I just power through? Definitely take take, take the Bill Berman nap. It's essential. The Churchill nap is always good in the afternoon. Look at that. You know, it's like you have two work days. If you take a nap in between two work days, it's like you're just working one day. If I bounce on the the nap, get rested. Yeah, Yeah, get rested and and stay off your feet. Don't do too much over there on all that gymnastic stuff. You proved yourself. Thank you. There's nothing left to prove. I'm gonna say if I if I jump on the trampoline, that can be my workout for the day, right? I don't have to go hit the gym. Exactly. And then, you know, you got to get ready for a lot of big events in your life. So take your time. I mean, let's face it. I'm impressed you're doing double duty. We need you for the regular season. (laughs) I'll be back ready to go tomorrow morning. Uh, And we will be back at our weekday hours tomorrow, 9 to 11 Pacific, 12 to 2 Eastern. That's a wrap for us today on the Lombardi line. But make sure that you stick around because the handle is coming up next with our guys, Dave Ross and Matt Brown. Great stuff, Mike. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Stormy. Good day. Have a great time. Everybody, good luck with your bets. Thanks for hanging out with us again. The handle coming up next. Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.